Crypto Watch is presented by theconstantinvestor.com. I'm Alan Kohler, and every day my writing and podcasts put the financial world into context with a focus on the issues that matter. Join us today. It's only a dollar for the first month. And now it's time for this week's Crypto Watch. This week's interview is with the deputy CEO of the ASX. Now, the ASX put out a paper just a few weeks ago um, it's a consultation paper about the replacement of the chess system, the settlement system behind the ASX, which is basically its engine, uh, with blockchain technology, uh, which is going to happen. They've made a decision at the board level to do that. And uh, the paper that came out a couple of weeks ago was a, um, a draft consultation paper, uh, and they're moving towards replacing chess within a couple of years with blockchain. Now, um, uh, there's a lot of debate about blockchain, whether it's serious or not. But I'll tell you what, the ASX thinks it's serious. They like it. And it's going to be a huge revolution for the ASX, the way it operates. And uh, according to uh, Peter Hyam, it's going to lead to a lot of innovation and a lot of change to the way investors operate. So firstly, it's worth understanding what is going on at the ASX, how it's going to affect you as an investor, how it's going to affect all investors, in fact. And secondly, what does it mean for blockchain and distributed technology, distributed ledger technology uh, generally that the ASX is adopting it uh, so firmly? Um, and uh, what does it say about what's going on in the world? I think that there's two separate uh, subjects to discuss with Peter. And um, I'm happy to say he's forthcoming on both. And he has an opinion about cryptocurrency, which is worth listening to as well. So here's Peter Hyam, the deputy CEO of ASX. Well, Peter, CHESS stands for Clearinghouse Electronic Subregister System, which I, I gather is really the, the engine of the, of the ASX. It's the kind of the, the thing that makes it go. And uh, 2015, you commenced a process to replace it. Um, I think it's a couple of decades old. Um, and that's now culminated in a uh, report that put out was just, just last month. To, and and uh, it was a draft report. Can you just tell us what, you, what that report uh, decided what you've now decided to do to replace chess? Sure. Uh, so I think the, where, where we began with this, as you say, was was back in 2015. We've been looking at the technology closely about over about two and a half years. We made an announcement in December last year that we were going to use this technology to replace the chess system that you described earlier. And what we've just released in the last few weeks is the product of a long consultation with our customers, uh, uh, which is about what they want the system to do, uh, the new system to do. So that's over and above what Chess does today that is possible using this sort of technology and also to help them understand the way in which we're going to replace Chess with the new system. Because that's, as you say, it's 20 years old. It's, it's a complex system. It's a system which um, our customers have barnacled their own technologies onto and removing that is a is a uh, a big task and will take us a number of years so we're talking around about the end of 2020 beginning of 2021 is our target date for actually completing the the uh, the cut the cutover so but has a, a firm board decision been made to employ blockchain technology or distributed ledger uh, because I noticed that this this thing that you've just released is a draft plan um, does that mean that the details are draft or, and that a firm decision has been made or not? Correct. The firm decision was made in December last year. So what the plan is draft because it talks about the actual way in which we're going to implement the technology. And that 
involves all of our customers in that process of implementation and we want to get their input as to how we're going about that. Um, so the decision was made by the board in December last year that we would use the technology. Right. And so uh, what difference do you think that um, you know ordinary investors such as my subscribers will notice? Well, I think in the first instance, what, what the, the, this sort of technology allows us to do is provide um, all, of our, in, uh, all of our customers with a, with a real-time uh, reconciled view of the information that they need. If you think about today, everybody is running their own databases and they're, they're reconciling those databases to chess to make sure that what they have in their database is correct. That is subject to errors, it is subject to um, inefficiency, and um, by distributing a single source of truth to everyone, we can remove all of that complexity. Now, what will that mean for, for, for uh, end investors? Um, in the first instance, it will, it will mean less errors. It will mean simple things like uh, moving shares out of the issuer-sponsored register into the, uh, the chess register will be much easier. So when you're moving shares around between SRNs and HINs, for those that understand that, that will become much easier. We think that the, re the removal of complexity and administration will shorten the time it takes for customers to and investors to receive dividends, as an example. So and that can take up to 10 days today. We think by removing some of this complexity, we can shorten uh, those times down to maybe two or three days. And, you know, corporate actions and the whole way in which uh, you may choose to participate in a capital raising or a share split um, with a company, we think we can automate a lot of those processes and allow listed companies to, um, to electronically communicate with their investors much more efficiently. I remember when chess was introduced um, 20 years ago, you went to T plus five, trade plus five days, uh, and then subsequently moved to T plus two, um, which was a big deal at the time. And I, I wonder yep. whether uh, this change that you're proposing now will bring it down to T, T plus nothing. Look, it's certainly, it's certainly possible to shorten the settlement cycle. Um, in the first instance, we're, we're leaving settlement at T plus two. But what the technology allows us to do is optimize settlement. Without getting too much into the detail of that, it means that we will be able to provide choice to customers. So um, assuming that it is possible to find the other side of the transaction that you wish to settle early, then we would be able to provide functionality to do that. But as a, as a matter of the standard, it will stay at T plus two in the first instance. This is not for us in the first instance all about T0 settlement, but certainly, look, our observation would be over time, your expectations would be that we would be looking to to try and make that much more efficient. As you say, we've gone from T plus 5 to T plus 2. There are some complexities in in moving it simply to, to, to earlier than that that is nothing to do with the, the technology itself. It's to do with time zone changes. It's to do with offshore investors. And um, there's, a, there's a little more complexity in that than just, just the technology. But certainly, you know, we think there's opportunities there to, to create greater efficiency and, and shorten it further, which is good for everybody, of course. Can you explain in, in words of one or two syllables, preferably, uh, how it is that blockchain enables all this? 
it's what I said at the beginning. It's that it's that distributed source of truth. What a what a blockchain solution effectively does is allow us to deliver out to multiple parties a version of the database that we hold uh, that they can prove to themselves is correct without having to send messages back to us to reconcile it. And reconciliation, which is all of those messages flying around in the market, is where all of the complexity and all the, all of the cost is. So it's by, by virtue of using a, a blockchain um, is that without me uh, as a user having to just trust ASX that what I have is true, I can actually prove uh, to myself independently that the uh, the version of the truth that I have, uh, the version of the truth in the data store I have is in fact correct. So reconciliation collapsing of that is is what we're after here. Do, do investors and, and stockbrokers need to have special technology in order to to read the blockchain, to, to get that sort of single version of truth or not? Right, right. Uh, look, they, they, uh, there's a number of ways you can connect to the system in the new world. Um, everything from actually, we're, it's important that we allow customers who choose not to use the technology to be able to connect as they do today. So that will be possible. You can interact with the system using messages if you wish, or you can uh, utilize the technology that is the blockchain technology. So yes, that is a different way of interacting with the platform. And uh, you know we're starting the process right now. That's part of what that consultation paper is about, Alan, is, 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 is helping customers understand how they would actually interact with the system in a different way than they have been doing so in the past. So yes, it is a new technology. It's often called taking a node, which is a node which is a part of the database. And then, in, and then connecting your systems directly to that database rather than uh, holding your own data store. Well, so so you're not making it a, a full switchover. You know, you're going to be able to, you're going to run both things simultaneously or something, are you? It's not going to be like a switchover to decimal currency where everyone has to switch, or NBN, everyone's got to switch eventually. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, actually, actually, it is a cutover in terms of the chess will finish on a Friday. New chess will start on a Monday, but in new chess, you can, you have a choice to either connect to it as you did on Friday, or connect to it in a in a new way, which is what I talked about earlier about that sort of deeper integration into the into the technology, and so that's that to us is really important and really powerful because it means we don't all have to agree on Monday that we're all going to use a shared source of truth. Customers can take their own time and, and go on their own journey to do that. So one system, not parallel running of old system and new system, but new system with two with different uh, two ways of connecting, the old way and a new way. Um, so so uh, what sort of reduction in ASX's own costs will this bring about and therefore increase in ASX's profits? Well, this isn't really about um, uh, about our costs, of course, because we're we're – we're, we're an efficient organization today. We have a piece of technology today that has been in and running for, for 20 years, and we now need to make an investment in, in that new technology. Um, so uh, that equation doesn't to us uh, look like lower costs uh, to ISX. There may be, some in, some, may be some efficiencies for us. What we're really after is helping our customers um, make their lives easier and actually reduce their costs uh, over time. So the things that are in their back offices, the inefficiencies, the, the legacy systems that they have, 
that's that's where we think the real opportunity is here to to uh, to reduce the costs that ultimately end investors and issuers are paying for because they of course are the the ultimate users of the uh, of the market so a lot of the discussion about blockchain is that it's a disruptive technology um, will will your use of it uh, be disruptive at all to anyone? Well, we th- we we think it's going to create a, a, a real opportunity for innovation. I think there's no doubt that the, the the market will need to evolve and adapt to use the new technology, and that includes ASX. You know, we we are going to be uh, having to rethink the role of clearing and settlement in, in that platform. But what it also does, if you think about, it, if we've now given everyone a single source of truth which is a, it, using an identical piece of technology with an identical way of connecting to that technology, what that means is that a whole bunch of innovation can happen over the top of that real-time um, synchronized data that is available for anyone to build an application over the top of. So we think, we think it actually creates a real opportunity for innovation from existing customers of ours and for new entrants who can see opportunities to build services for, for customers that aren't possible today because we don't have a system that allows everyone to share uh, data together. So, you know, really interesting things that you can do for listed companies to help them understand who's on their register in, much, uh, in a much more timely fashion and, and you know, everything from uh, automating the voting process between investors and listed companies applications that can be built in that regard too so yes there'll be some things that will change <clears throat> but also we think there's a real opportunity for innovation um uh, someone prominent the other day said i think it might have been uriel Rabini or someone said that blockchain was the most overhyped technology in history uh, and i take it that for what from what you're doing and saying that you don't agree with that it's actually a big deal well, I think I think it, there are lots of flavours of, of blockchain technology, of course, and so you have to you have to be sort of mindful of which version someone's talking about when they when they make those sorts of observations. What, what we would say is often when people talk about blockchain technology and what it's useful for, they're often focusing on things like cryptocurrencies <clears throat> or actually the absence of a trusted central counterparty operating a platform. The bit of the technology that we're particularly interested in is what I said earlier, which is that that ability for people to share data and to share it in real time um, without the need for reconciliation and the ability to prove to yourself that what you have is true. That is the innovation in the technology that's interesting to us. We believe that can be profound for reducing uh, reconciliation costs in the back office. And so um, we do think that this is um, uh, a really interesting innovation in technology and one that, uh, one that can be transformational for, for our customers who are looking for, you know, solutions to their, to their long-term technology legacy issues that they have. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've, we've voted with our, uh, with our conviction around a, a core piece of technology. We, we think this is an important innovation. In fact, someone else said to me recently um, that they thought that all data in the world will eventually, I mean, who knows when, but it will eventually be on blockchain. 
Yes, I know there's, there's, there's views out there that say that sort of that blockchain or this type of sort of sharing of data is, is you know, a little bit akin to when the internet first arrived that, um, you know, one couldn't really conceive of the world today where we're not all connected to each other um, via the internet. And there are those that have a view that in the future database, because ultimately with the risk of sounding really boring on the technology, it is just a database architecture innovation that that database architecture will be very commonplace. And, you know, in 10 or 15 years time or 20 years time, people will look surprised at each other and say, what do you mean we used to fire messages at each other to, to make sure that what I knew was what you knew? Didn't they always have a database that kept in synchronization? I think there's a view out there. I mean, there's a long way to go before we get to that point, but certainly there's a view that this will become a very common part of sort of technology infrastructure. Are you the, is the ASX the most significant organisation um, that's that's going to a blockchain in this way? Well, we know a lot of a lot of um, companies inside financial markets and outside financial markets are looking at the technology, and some are more public than others. So I can't I can't speak in absolute terms as to what you know uh, uh, you know what how we measure up in terms of what everyone else is doing. But I, I can certainly say, I think in financial markets and, and more particularly in the exchange world, um, we've certainly taken a leadership position in deploying this technology for something as um, rich in functionality as chess. There's, there's, a, there's a lot, I, I don't think there's an exchange, a major exchange in the world that's not looking at this technology for some use case or other. But I think it's fair to say we're probably, you know, at the leading edge of those that are deploying it for a material use case. And I know that our our colleagues at other exchanges around the world are certainly watching with interest as we as we progress, and they and they sort of try and understand the technology for themselves. Obviously, my subscribers are investors, um, and the investors are always looking for who's going to make the money. Where's the money going to be collected? In, in when there's these sort of disruptions or, or innovations going on, where, where do you think it'll be? Where, where do you, who do you think is going to make all the money? Well, I think I think that the great thing about this technology and its and its ability to sort of distribute broadly a, a um, you know a source of uh, a truth is that it actually provides an opportunity for a very wide range of you know technology providers and service providers to to create innovation. So, but you know we think the the uh, the opportunity is there for anyone who is already in the markets or for new entrants. Some of the fintech companies, there's some really exciting fintech companies that are that are that need access to data in order for their sort of service innovations to work. So I, I think uh, you know it, it's not about a sort of specific one or two winners in this. I think this creates you know a real opportunity for there to be um, uh, you know innovation a, 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 on a broad scale. You know, but it does require you to sort of, uh, you know, we are looking to make things more efficient. So we're, take, we're looking to take paper-based processes out. We're looking to make, you know, value transfer occur uh, to the party to whom the money should be being sent to happen quicker. So obviously, if your business models are centered around, um, you know, paper-based processes and, and managing those or transitioning money and making money as, as it passes from from hand to hand, you will need to think about how you're, um, you know, how you can take advantage of this technology to sort of move move into where the world's heading, which is way more efficiency around 
those sorts of processes. And, and we've got to find other ways of delivering value to issuers and investors. Just finally, um, what what is your view about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and stuff? Do you have do you have a view? We 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 watch it with interest. As we we're, we're obviously you know we we always make the point that cryptocurrency is a very different thing to distributed ledger technology. It is it it is the inspiration for the the technology itself. But you don't need to be into cryptocurrency to believe in the technology. So we believe in the technology. I think we have a watching brief on the. On cryptocurrency, um, you know, I would say, Alan, you know, there are 1,500 cryptocurrencies in the world at the moment. You know, I'm not sure there's utility in 1,500 of them, but there certainly seems to be, you know, some uh, some of the value around cross-border movement of value, and you know, a a new wave of you know traders and investors who see an opportunity to store value in in cryptocurrencies. How that'll all play out, I, 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 we don't have a strong sense yet. I think there's a long way to go. Um, uh, everyone uses those analogies around, you know, tulips in Amsterdam, and uh, that 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 these things can have their very volatile periods, and we've seen that in cryptocurrencies. But uh, but I go back to the: Do we really need 1,500 of these? Probably not. You know, might we over the long, long term see some more stable cryptocurrencies emerge? Yeah, we might. We might do. Um, it's interesting because I, I sometimes, I sometimes look at the list of fifteen hundred and get overwhelmed and think, oh god, there's far too many. And then I think, well, actually, yeah, yeah. there's probably 50, there's probably fifty thousand companies in the world, so there's quite a lot more companies than there are cryptocurrencies. So maybe That's we'll true. end up with fifty. Maybe we'll end up with fifty thousand of them. Maybe, but I suppose those. Some would argue those 50,000 companies are, are all doing different things. The question is, are those 1,500 currencies doing different things or are they all doing, you know, yeah. similar or the same things? And, you know, I mean, I just look at it and I go, well, the, the number 50 cryptocurrency, if I had my phone, I'd, I'd pull it out if I do. Say, so what's the market cap of cryptocurrency? I know, I've done the same. Yeah. And it's like it's 400 billion, you know. And it's a, it's a sort of you look at that and go, geez, so there's a lot of faith being placed in a cryptocurrency that that isn't well known in the market for it to be currently sufficient people holding that um, for it to have. Um, uh, actually, I'm wrong. It's 650 million as I as we sit here now. That's a number of <laughs> cryptocurrency number. You have to go so, a long way so, down the list to get. You have to go a long way down the list to get a million dollars market cap, don't you? you? You do, you do. I mean, I went down to a hundred, and you're still you're still talking around serious numbers. So it's it's quite. It's it, look, this is a this is an interesting period we're in, and we we didn't you know and you know we we're, we're very cautious on things like ICOs as well, which are all sort of connected to this, and and you know regulators needing to they've got to get their arms around that, figure out what these things are, and you know, we need to understand that you know how they sit in the regulatory world. Uh, that there's some things there that are happening that are in the wild west. That if you were, if you take the technology away, Alan, today you'd, you'd you'd ask yourself why those things are being forget forget the forget the distributed ledger technology for a moment. Um, you know, if you if you were trying to offer that on a piece of paper, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, you'd have a you'd have people knocking on your door pretty quickly. Some of the things that have been yeah. punted around the internet, but I, you know, look, I think these things will evolve. 
innovations always do. We, we watch all of that with interest, but um, we're very focused on it. its technology utility, not its currency utility at the moment. Anyway, we could probably talk about it all day, but it's been excellent talking to you. Thank you very much for all that clear explanation, Peter. I appreciate it. No worries. Good stuff. Thanks, Alan. That was Peter Hyam, the Deputy CEO of ASX.